Are you struggling to hire diverse tech talent? After all, every organization in the world is now a tech company. And the ability to attract, hire, and retain tech talent from all backgrounds is critical to their success. Enter Hackajob, a reverse marketplace that actively vets engineers. We flip the traditional model on its head, meaning companies apply to engineers versus candidates applying to jobs, with companies getting an 85% response rate to candidates they reach out to, as well as exposure to tech talent that directly meets their organization's diversity objectives. Companies such as S&P Global, CarMax, and Sensor Tower are all using Hackajob. Why not join them? Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, rash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Oh, yeah. An Indiana woman became the first person sentenced in the Washington Capitol riot. Another proud Hoosier moment. What's up, kids? It's HR's Most Dangerous Podcast, a.k.a. the Chad and Cheese Podcast. This is your co-host, Joel Never Convicted Cheeseman. This is Chad. I'll take another waffle. So wash. And on this week's show, a tale of two mega corporations. We don't need no Colorado and remote workers and a little more buy or sell. Little known fact, Rocky Mountain High took John Denver nine months to write. Life really ain't nothing but a funny, funny riddle. And yes, we even have waffles on the griddle this week. Yes. You already know that Sovereign makes the world's best resume CV parser. But did you know that Sovereign also makes the world's best AI matching engine? Only Sovereign's AI matching engine goes beyond the buzzwords. With Sovereign, you control how the engine thinks. With every match, the Sovereign engine tells you what matched and exactly how each matching document was scored. And if you don't agree with the way it scored the matches, you can simply move some sliders to tell it to score the matches your way. No other engine on earth gives you that combination of insight and control. With Sovereign, matching isn't some frustrating black box, trust us, it's magic, one-shot deal like all the others. No. With Sovereign, matching is completely understandable, completely controllable, and actually, kind of fun. Sovereign. Software so human, you'll want to take it to dinner. Sweet home Chicago. Ah, Vax life, baby. Living that... (laughs) Full vaxxed life. Tiptoeing into travel in the Honda Civic, <laughs> heading to Chicago. That's that's how we roll, baby. So big shout out to Team Shaker. Jeez, they know how to treat a treat a guy. Joe, now seventy years. Shaker, seventy yeah. years old, and I I didn't think Joe looked that old. He Dude, doesn't. He is a sexy man. He is Joe wow. Junior. Not a not a day over sixty five. <laughs> I'd say, yeah. So, uh, shout out to the, the Cleveland Indians uh, who beat up on the poor Cubbies in Wrigley. Uh, won me a little cash, uh, enlightened <laughs> up Joe Shaker a little bit. I was I was happy about that. Yeah, we were able to see some friends. Got John Graham, Keegan was there, Chris mm-hmm. Pickle. We even see, we saw our uh, favorite millennial had breakfast with with uh, Kyle. Oh hell no! Yeah, Kyle's a good kid. He wore his version of uh, Ohio State backing. <laughs> 
attire, which was cute. Pretty, pretty pathetic, pretty (laughs) pathetic. But what wasn't pathetic was the 1914 club. Mm -hmm. It was almost like this speakeasy, somewhat of a cool ass dungeon uh, where you go get all the, the food and drinks, high class food and drinks that you want, and then just go out the exit and there your seats are right on the field at Wrigley. Yeah. No one should ever take you and me to an all you can drink uh, facility. That's just, uh, that's a bad, that's a bad sign, but we had a good, good time. I have to say next week, next week is sea town, baby Cleveland, Cleveland Indians baseball with our evergreen peeps. So looking forward, they just bought a a new building in Cleveland, a radio, the old radio one building. So they are still, stepping on up and uh, we're actually going to record out of their studios next week. So I'm pretty stoked. That's what happens when you partner with HR's most dangerous podcast. You like invest in real estate and become a <laughs> mogul. It's kind of, kind of nice. Who, do we know who the Indians are playing? Not off the top of my uh, head. All right. We'll find out and fill everybody in next week on how the, how the game went. Uh, any more shout outs from the industry there at Shaker in Chicago or Cleveland? Oh yeah. Going to have, dinner with the AMS peeps. So the Alexander Mann Solutions peeps, uh, they actually have, I guess their U.S. home base-ish is out of Cleveland and uh, going to have some uh, some dinner and drinks with uh, with them. So looking forward to seeing them. Very nice. Shout out to Pando and Workday, who were Cody oh, yeah. Award winners for business technology. Pando was uh, recognized for Vertical Industry Award for best human capital or talent management solution. That sounds really impressive. So uh, shout out to Pando. Sounds sexy. Very nice. Yeah, sounds sexy. Uh, Big shout out to two super intelligent, super badass female founders, Athena Karp, CEO of Hired Score, and Frida Poli, CEO of Pymetrics. Both have been on the show, by the way, Mm -hmm. uh, who have combined their platforms from a, a hard skill and soft skill deliverable standpoint. This to me is how vendors should be working together. Master where you are instead of trying to be all things to everybody. Get deep integrations and bigger deliverables through these types of partnerships. That will provide broader revenue opportunities. So this is the way to do it. And go figure, two super awesome women are knocking it out of the park. And don't forget our favorite third wheel, Tyler Weeks, who's working with <laughs> Athena now. <laughs> love me some Tyler. Love, love me some, some Tyler. Tyler. He is a he's a great kid. Uh, shout out to Dice and ZipRecruiter stocks. They're having what? a pretty good week. Uh, so ZipRecruiter had a few, quite a few actually upgrades and initiations that were positive. Uh, Raymond James analyst rated Zip a strong buy with a $36 price target this week. It's still kind of bouncing around that $22 to $24 price range. But mm-hmm. Raymond James is pretty optimistic. And Dice Stock, that's the ticker DHX, is spiking on news that the company is spending $12 million on buybacks. As of this recording, they're up about 10% on the day. Yeah, nothing like artificially <laughs> inflating your own shit. That's right. I mean, come when on. When there's no innovation, buyback yeah, shit. Exactly. It's like we we suck, so we're gonna artificially inflate the market for a, a few days. Fuck that. Oh, hell <laughs> no. Something that does matter. 
not being dice is again, it's Pride Month, and I want to give a big shout out to Raiders defensive end Carl Nassib, who comes out of the NFL corporate closet as gay. And I can't imagine in a quote unquote very testosterone oriented sport how hard that's got to be. A lot of courage to do that. So big, big applause for him. Uh, This is kind of a downer after that one, but shout out to QR codes. Yes, the once left for dead technology is back. A recent Drum YouGov survey revealed that 45% of U.S. consumers have used a marketing or advertising related QR code. 75% plan to use the media more often and 59% believe it will become a permanent part of their future phone use. There's a silver lining to the pandemic. It's QR codes are back, baby. Yeah. If you're going to any restaurant or bar nowadays, don't even think about asking for a menu. Look for the QR code. Fairly yep. simple. It's, it's, a, it's a rebirth. Go figure. <laughs> Big shout out to Kevin Carrillo and the Cannabinoid podcast. That's right. I think I said that right. Cannabinoid. Uh, he actually had That's me on mouthful. a couple of weeks ago. It dropped today. So look for it. We talked about cannabis usage during COVID and then returning to work, uh, rewriting employer protocols, alcohol versus weed, kind of the double standard that happens there. And uh, Mm -hmm. a lot of that, a a lot of the weed work oriented conversation that companies are having now, if they're not, they need to be having very soon. Yeah. I challenge you to say cannabinoid podcast really fast 10 times while you're high and see if you don't laugh really. I just took a gummy. So no. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you'll need it to get through this, uh, this week's episode. (laughs) Don't forget again, it is pride month. Check out LGBTQ plus for dummies. We're actually dropping knowledge with our guest host who she's actually doing all the work. uh, Michelle Raymond from my G work. And we're talking about things like what does LGBTQ plus even mean? What's the history? Why does it exist? The hell is this pronouns thing? A lot of things that many people are afraid to ask because they don't want to look like idiots. Well, guess what? I don't mind looking like an idiot. I'm asking. She's answering. You should enjoy it. Love it. Shout out to American Airlines who canceled hundreds of flights this week due in part to worker shortages. Like everyone else, they're struggling to fill customer service jobs as well as bring back furloughed pilots. They're busy reaching out to people who took leaves or buyouts to help cover demand. Enjoy the friendly skies if you're flying because prices are up and flights are getting canceled. (laughs) Bye now. Bye now. Welcome to all things Scottish. Our slogan is, if it's no Scottish, it's crap. Shout out to Adam Gordon, whose Scotland is out of whatever tournament we usually talk about on this show happening in Europe at the present time. Sorry, Adam. That's a bummer, dude. UEFA. You can always watch the NBA playoffs on some internet connection in Edinburgh near you. Yeah. And that being said, this week, this coming week, uh, episode two of our European podcast. First week went uh, unbelievably well. I I, I didn't think we'd have such a a good turnout and uh, great great content so we talk about our our surprise our surprise guest is bound to tank this next show (laughs) for sure for sure uh speaking of not not tanking uh make sure you got your free shit signed up folks uh towards the end of the month here we're about to select a new winner for whiskey and beer so you gotta head out to chatcheese.com slash free if you like shirts 
sponsored by Emissary, beer sponsored by Adzuna, and whiskey sponsored by our BFFs over at Sovereign. Uh, get out there and sign up. Last for me is birthdays Birthday. coming up this week. We got Carrie Corbin, Shannon Pritchett, and Stacy Zapar of the industry celebrating birthdays this week. They, so happy birthday, they ladies. All look Have one amazingly well for 25 i mean seriously yeah, i was gonna say be careful where you're going with this this statement yeah, yeah. no i with these <laughs> ladies you kidding me other than that we had some pods this week don't miss uh, our firing squad with canvas the new canvas don't call it go canvas.io and you already mentioned the lgbtq for dummies topics Uh, we're starting out with Amazon. Are you sure this is okay? You might get too fired up for the rest of the show, yeah. but fuck it. All right, <laughs> let's start with Walmart then. We'll, we'll ease into No, uh, hit into Amazon, Amazon first. Amazon, hit you Amazon. You want Amazon first. Okay, let's uh, start it hot. Okay, so a scathing eight-month investigation by the New York Times has painted a pretty negative picture of Amazon. Shocking, right? Here's some highlights from the report. A conscious decision to encourage turnover and limit upward mobility among hourly warehouse workers. People feeling constantly monitored, a reported 150 percent, I'll repeat that, 150 percent turnover each year, a general animosity toward unions. And here's the big one, Chad. Jeff Bezos thinks that people are essentially inherently lazy. Side note, you also have Jeff Bezos recently saying in his final shareholder letter as CEO that he wants Amazon to become, quote, Earth's best employer. Sounds like they have a long way to go, and it sounds like Jeff is going to just go into space and never come back. <laughs> Bullshit. Um, <laughs> I mean, seriously, is anyone surprised by this report? Amazon doesn't give a single shit. They need to scale, and they don't care how many humans it actually breaks. This is literally the embodiment of Jeff Bezos and his philosophy of life. So, the, the hiring practice and process is robotic. It is totally inhuman. Amazon doesn't place human connection, obviously, as a priority whatsoever. Time on task is something that we we learned during this report is a methodology that they use to monitor what they say. They're monitoring the downtime of machines not the workers, which I call total bullshit on because the monitoring is on the person. If you wanted mm -hmm. to monitor the fucking machines, you'd put the monitor on the goddamn machine and leave systems where people would go on leave and they would get fired. If you had, and there was actually a practice. If you had one bad day, you could be a superstar. If you had one bad yep. day, you're fired. I mean, mm -hmm. all of this is predicated on the technology that Amazon used to monitor the workers, hire workers, fire workers, put workers on leave all the way through. And it is just a jumbled fucking tech stack mess. I don't know if there's ever been a company in my life with such disparate poles in terms of who they are. Uh, on one hand, they're this evil bond villain led employer soul crushing organization. And on the other side, they're like this great company that gives, you know, s delivers my shit on time. They pay more than most everyone else. They give bonuses for coming to work. They give you extra money for, for COVID shots. I mean, they're trying to dance the fence and play damage control, I guess, by doing all these good things. 
that are also, I guess, good for business. Now, they have corrected some of these things. You mentioned the one one offense firing, which is really pretty fucked <laughs> up. Fucked I mean, if you do 364 days of the year, I was fucking A plus, yeah. and that one F day I got fired. Uh, some of those things are fortunately being changed. But God, does Jeff Bezos just look like a Bond villain? And going to space does not help. This is like Moonraker. <laughs> Uh, I don't know what the fuck is good. All I got to say is 150% turnover. You can try to wallpaper all the other fun. Oh, this is all the good that we do. Your company from a work standpoint is shit. You have to pay those people $18 an hour to start because they're not going to last because you're fucking breaking them. It just overall it, it, to me, you put tech in place to be able to help your employees become more efficient, to be able to help their your customers, et cetera, et cetera, not to fucking break them. Well, let's talk about Walmart. Uh, let's get let's get sunny people. Uh, Walmart is launching me at Walmart, a workplace app that allows its workers to clock in, schedule shifts, request time off, connect to and communicate with other workers, locate merchandise and troubleshoot daily tasks. Yeah. The app was built in-house by Walmart Global Tech. That sounds fancy and applies technologies like machine learning, augmented reality, camera vision and AI. There's that our favorite (laughs) word to tackle problems. The app also includes Ask Sam, a voice activated personal assistant that answers a variety of questions like merchandise locations. As part of the rollout, Walmart says it will provide Samsung Galaxy smartphones to more than 740,000 workers God, like we need more Android people. Anyway, uh, so they can access the app. Workers can also use the phone as their personal device if they choose to. Damn, Walmart coming up strong with the with the devices and the tech. Yeah, I mean, I got, I got to say, again, we're just focusing on tech, so I don't want to get on like wages and all all that other fun stuff. Mm-hmm. But they have one point mm-hmm. six million U.S. workers, and they are trying to give them technology to help them do their job better, to do it easier. I don't know how many times I go into a store and I'm like, hey, you know, where is, you know, where's the toilet paper? Whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. I'm looking for something. And that person has got to like maybe ask two or, or three other people, or maybe they know, right? But overall, if I can just ask Sam on my phone, I'm like, oh yeah, it's over at, you know, aisle 15. All of Mm -hmm. that makes it not just better on the consumer, the person spending money, but also better on the employee who doesn't have to look like an idiot because they don't know where the toilet paper is, right? Not to mention the AR piece of it, which I think is awesome. I love the augmented reality opportunity to point your phone at a barcode on a box and know what's in the box. So if you're stocking shelves or, or what have you, you can easily get through the warehouse or back room of Walmart. Yeah. So again, it's all about understanding what exactly is happening with the workers and trying to help them through it. And again, yeah. I mean, you're going to make them happier. So you're not going to have hopefully 150% uh, turnover and happy employees <laughs> in the faces of customers is a good thing. Yeah. You know, we talk a lot about the augmented recruiter. Yeah. Uh, this is sort of the augmented retail employee. Uh, and this is, this is good on so many, so many levels. I mean, as a worker, you can get answers quickly. I love the communication with other workers. Oh, yeah. I don't know if that's a social media aspect or some sort of connecting with, with your, your coworkers. I think that's great. But, you know, I have a, a little story. Uh, we like to go to Home Depot 
And if you've ever been to a Home Depot, you know it's kind of like an abyss of hell um, <laughs> if you don't know exactly where uh, what you're looking for is. And the last time I was there, you know, I asked an employee, hey, do you know where the whatever the hell, plum, I don't know, uh, toilet seats or whatever are? And he said, he's like, hold on. He put out his phone. He, he went to a web, he went to homedepot.com or some internal website, looked it up and then found what, you know, what aisle it was. But to me, it seems like, why would he not have like a quick app that he could just oh, yeah. boot up? It could be Ask Homie. Find the answer. Yeah. And how many times have you gone to <laughs> Ask Homie? That's good. Trademark that. Anyway, and how many times have you been to Home Depot or Walgreens or something and you're like, do you know where such and such is? And they go, uh, hold on. Hey, Bob, do you know where the such yeah. such is? Oh, yeah. No. Hey, Julie, yeah. do you know where the such? So like this, this is going to make happier customers, happy employees because they can get answers really quickly. I do have a little bit of a big brother. Um, red red flag that goes up on this in terms of being able to monitor, but that probably happens already. The robots that we talked about at Walmart were recently, I think, booted out of the store, um, which is you know a, a strike for automation. But this augmented employee seems to be where the world is going. So hats off to, to Walmart for taking the lead on this stuff. And we'll just have to wait for Ask Homie yeah. to, to come around before <laughs> we can go back into Home Depot comfortably. Buy or sell. Oh, man. We haven't played this in a while. I've missed it. All right. So we have three companies. You know how this works. We'll go through each one, give you a little uh, little something-something on what they do. Chad and I will give a little review, and we'll either buy or sell the company. You ready? Do it. Word. So Candidate.co, the company announced a $4 million seed funding round recently. The Seattle-based company's business works to allow people to refer those in their networks for jobs and receive between $2,400 and $6,000 for successful matches. For companies, Candidate.co says it enables them to build a network of referrers outside of their employees and alumni. Chad, another referral company. You buying this one or selling it? What's new about this? Do we know? Because I mean, it sounds like crowdsourcing referrals, but it also sounds like a good opportunity for a side hustle for a lot of recruiters that are out there. But why does a company need it when they can leverage their own employees? And we know that employee referrals are are one of the top, if not the top points of uh, actually finding new candidates, new talent, new hires. So Mm -hmm. to me- why would a company pay for this? And I don't think they would, which is why I'm going to sell. Oh, hell no. All right. That's a strong sell from Chad Sowash. Uh, okay. I have two issues with this company. Uh-oh. Number one is historically, this business is a disaster. Um, it's a total dud. And you and I are old enough to remember H3. <laughs> yes. Which at the time was like revolutionary, revolutionary. And I literally got a $5,000 check back in 2006 for placing a recruiter at, uh, I don't even remember the company, but I was like, holy shit, this thing actually works. I got a check in the mail from these guys. Well, the, the company faded, uh, and, and, uh, Hans, their CEO uh, who came from monster, I believe before H3, Um, I've had a few conversations with him in regards to why did it fail? And we, and he thought, you know, social media, maybe people, people being able to share it, uh, would, would help this model and people could just click on links and apply to jobs. Well, nobody's sharing jobs, uh, sort of voluntarily on social media. And historically this business fails period. So 
from that perspective, they have a huge mountain to climb. The other issue I have with this thing is referral businesses are increasingly, and referral programs as well, are, are coming under increasing scrutiny around diversity. And the, the thought of simply like, well, if I'm referring my friends who more than likely look like me or kind of, are kind of like me, then where's diversity coming from in your referral program? So referral programs are really struggling to find how do we integrate uh, diversity into our referral programs? How do we create incentives to increase diversity? And there's an entire page on candidate.co's website about diversity um, and really, really, I guess I would say reaching to sort of say that it's a diversity play. Yeah. So so for those two reasons, like this one, yeah. Bye-bye. I'm going to sell candidate.co. If they can change 20 years of history, good on them, but I'm not, uh, I'm not buying it. Next, we got Apna. Apna has announced a $70 million Series B round, which brings the total raise to $90 million and values the startup at $570 million. The founder is an Apple alum, and its mission is helping millions of blue and gray-collared workers in India to upskill, find communities, and land jobs. On the app, users connect to each other and help with leads and share tips to improve at their jobs. The app also offers people the opportunity to upskill themselves, practice with their interview performance, and become eligible for even more jobs. The startup has amassed over 10 million users, and just last month it facilitated more than 15 million job interviews. Apna, buy or sell? I'm automatically in love with this company because my favorite Indian restaurant is named Apna. Coincidence? I think not. Anyways, <laughs> India's population is nearly 1.4 billion people. And this app sounds to me kind of like Job Case India edition with a community. Plus, they are also building skilling modules, job-based skilling, and enabling peer-to-peer learning via its, its uh, vertical communities. So the problem is that only 32% of India's population has a smartphone which is probably a good thing for Apna's ability to deliver in scale right now because that's a lot of fucking people. So overall, that's going to grow. Penetration, smartphone penetration is going to grow. It's a buy for me. Apna's a buy. Yeah, I think uh, you sort of highlighted the fact that this thing has nowhere to go but up. And when I look at the globe right now in terms of where the opportunity is around our industry, um, India is one of those that just screams, we're ready for innovation. We're ready for you know connection and, and upscaling and educating and getting folks jobs. And if, as, you, as you see more and more companies exit or look at you know, how do we exit China and how do we exit you know, some of these countries that um, whether by tariffs or politics, um, are getting out. India is this like shining beacon, uh, democracy, a billion people, well-educated in many, many ways, um, companies flocking to this country. It only makes sense that employment and getting people jobs is going to happen in a big way. Uh, and it looks like APNA is definitely doing all the things that they need to do. So I think it's, it's not only a, a good opportunity and, and a good company, and what they're doing, but man, they're going to help a lot of people um, in India just make life better and and you know improve their lives and and uh, that's always a good thing uh, if we can bring up the rest of civilization. So for me, this is a big sexy, big sexy buy. Also makes me hungry. Oh. Makes sense. 
Oh, Abner. Yeah, I think it's from. Uh, I think it said the story was Bollywood. Slumdog Millionaire. Yeah, it's a reference to Slumdog Millionaire. Anyway, good movie if you haven't seen it. All right, our third company is Equitable, or I think Equitable <laughs> is probably what it's supposed to be. It's spelled spelled E Q T B L E. Uh, the Y Combinator company announced this week it has raised $2.7 million in seed funding. The company wants to give HR teams the same kind of detailed analytics that products, products that product sales and marketing departments have had for a long time with the goal of creating more engaged and inclusive workplaces. Their HR analytics platform can collect data from more than 100 sources, such as Workday, and deliver insights and visualization about four main areas, talent, recruitment, workforce engagement, and compensation. One of the things the platform can help employers do is identify why top candidates are declining offers, such as identifying that your interview process is way too long relative to the competition. Equitable, Chad, buy or sell? Hey, Pat, can I buy a vowel? Uh, so, I mean, at most companies, they're right. Workforce data is scattered across TA platforms, HR platforms. I mean, engagement platforms, benefits, employee surveys. I mean, there's just so much shit, but that's obstacle number one, trying to get all of those systems, the data out of all of those systems. Uh, and it's a huge obstacle unless they jump into bed with a company like ADP right out of the gate. Uh, obstacle number two. Why are people leaving? I'd be focusing on internal mobility before even thinking about this crazy mess. So I think this is a platform, not really a solution. It's a platform looking for a problem. I sell it. Oh, hell no. That's a sell for Mr. Sowash. Okay. I, again, I'm going to go back to the, the, the theme of uh, augmented recruiters and arming them with intelligence and tools to be better uh, recruiters versus uh, automating everything. Uh, we talk about Terminator versus RoboCop and how the world is doing a little bit less Terminator now and a little bit more RoboCop. So to me, augmentation is is hot and data is at the heart of sort of arming recruiters and companies to be better at what they're doing. And if you can take all that data and visualize it, um, it becomes, I think, a very appealing product to employers. Uh, just seeing fancy charts and graphs makes people think they're looking at a magic trick and they really, really enjoy that. And if the data is relevant and they can make that uh, sensical to employers. And I do think there is a there is a component, if not now, uh, that, it, that there will be not only recruitment, but also uh, engagement and um, you know onboarding and, and helping all of those processes. So keep in mind, this is a seed round. This is a young company. Um, I think they're going to fix, uh, fi- uh, fi- uh, figure this shit out. For me, equitable is a buy. All right, so we got two agreements and and one not so much. We'll be right back. Okay, listener, how can you help your employees become more productive? I have answers. How about automating manual and repetitive tasks, giving meaning to data, then allowing that data to actually drive decisions? And how about matching people to your jobs quicker? Well, wait, the Chad and Cheese has a new LLM? No, Cheeseman. I'm talking about text kernel. Ah, okay. That makes more sense. What I'm hearing is the groundbreaking concept of, wait for it, yeah, simplicity. <laughs> seriously, though, seriously. Text kernel cuts through the complexities, 
like a tortilla chip through some hot nacho cheese. Oh, my God. Really? Nacho references already. Anyways, TextKernel brings efficiency and productivity to your operations. TextKernel seamlessly unifies your tools and data to drive efficiencies and success. TextKernel is creating new opportunities for your recruitment journey. Kind of like adding guac to my barbacoa burrito. Oh my God. How about extracting meaningful insights from data? I mean, that, that's something. Swiftly matching yeah. people with jobs, automating repetitive tasks. Who knew such advanced concepts were even possible in the land of human resources? Uh, we did, Chad. We did. Dude, wrap it up. I'm a little hungry. Imagine that. Uh, okay, listener. Get ready to use today's tech to drive efficiencies and productivity. Visit textkernel.com. That's T-E-X-T-K-E-R-N-E-L.com. Mmm, nachos. <laughs> Last year's Summer to Evolve saw us bring together some of the biggest names in talent acquisition, presenting exciting content to help us learn and grow in these evolving times. This year, we're back to do it all again, taking our eight weeks of virtual sessions on tour for the Summer to Evolve Road Trip, presented by Jobvite. Virtually visiting locations around the world, we're excited to share more talent acquisition tips, tricks, and best practices with you. Visit thesummertoevolve.com to learn more. All right, Chad, who'd you rather, Rocky Mountain High or Country Roads? They're the same damn song. (laughs) (laughs) Try telling that to someone in West Virginia and Colorado. But anyway, I've got to go country roads for obvious reasons. Yeah. Same same song, different different states. Yeah. <laughs> and same haircut. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Colorado is in the news this week. Uh, remote workers need not apply. After a new state law that requires employers to disclose salaries for open positions, some are advertising jobs available anywhere in the U.S., but Colorado. The rule's aim is to narrow gender wage gaps and provide greater pay transparency for employees. Colorado has offered guidance that stipulates employers need to include salary ranges for remote roles that will be performed entirely outside the state or for remote jobs posted by a company that doesn't have any employees in Colorado. However, salary information would have to be posted for remote remote roles if if a company has any presence in the state. Some companies such as Alcohol Delivery Drizzly have gotten around the mandate by offering two separate job postings, one targeting remote workers in Colorado and another aiming to reach potential workers in all of the other states. As far as I can tell, the range can be pretty broad. So the pushback is a little bit odd to me. Chad, what do you think? So I'm going to reiterate what you said earlier. The rules aim is to narrow gender wage gaps and provide greater pay transparency for employees. This is another instance where the quote unquote invisible hand of the market is showing that it's it's not fair at all. Corporate America doesn't want to be transparent about what they are paying workers. It's just that simple, right? So what do they have to hide? The answer is wage practices that are inequitable. And that that's the big key here. So this is where DC needs to step in and say, this is not in the public good, right? This is not for the public good. And they regulate these assholes. What these companies are looking to do 
is they're looking to actually send a message to all the other states to not do this shit. That's mm-hmm. exactly what's happening right now. Yeah, to me, this is an extension of the ongoing fight between states and companies and you know how they want to treat people as employees. And you've got the Uber, uh, Uber Lyft, et cetera, example yeah. um, in California. You've got Kroger you know, taking their ball and going home in Southern California. And now you have sort of like, okay, Colorado, you're going to uh, require this. We're not going to do it and see what your voters think, see what your people think that are working remotely. Yep. So yeah, this, this ongoing struggle, this is just another round in my opinion. I, I think that, you know, it's much easier to fight a battle uh, within like a local area with Kroger leaving than it is an ent- like remote includes everyone in a in a country so to me this is going to be a really hard thing for colorado to fight yeah now we've seen i mean we've we've seen we've seen websites posted about hey we're going to shine a light on the companies that are against this policy and not and not showing you know salary ranges and and hourly hourly wages uh that may they may have some impact but i doubt much um i just don't see where this is a good thing for either side at the end of the day, I'm having a hard time getting a, a, an official opinion on this this ruling. Not from my personal opinion, but from an agnostic viewpoint. Yeah. I don't know who wins this. I think it's just a stalemate, and Coloradan workers that are remote are just going to have to have to take it. If other states pick this up, the states will win. Uh, if the federal government, DC, picks this up, the government will win. If they fall back and nobody gets behind Colorado on this, they will fail. Just that simple. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was, you remember Uber threatening to pull out of California, you know, for a while, which we all knew was, you know, saber rattling at best. Yeah. Yeah, Total bullshit. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about companies that are fighting for us. And when I mean us, I mean podcasters. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, forget this Colorado political uh, equality equity issue. Let's talk about podcasting. So uh, all the big boys are getting into this thing and and making pretty big moves. Spotify and Facebook uh, in particular. Uh, Let's talk about Facebook for a second. Facebook is letting select U.S. residents use its live audio rooms, which is not technically podcasting, but it is audio. Uh, This is a feature that echoes Twitter, Clubhouse, and Discord. Uh, to host events for as many as 50 speakers, they will do that for you. Users can purchase stars, which I think is a little bit interesting and unique. Uh, they can purchase stars to earn front row seats that hosts can recognize. It's like a and concert. Live, and live streamers will get a portion of the proceeds. So yeah. they've created a way to monetize your live shows, which is interesting. Yeah. Uh, on the podcast side, Facebook is planning to start rolling out its podcast product next week. Details are choppy, but the company said in an email, quote, Facebook will be the place where people can enjoy, discuss and share the podcast they love with each other. End quote. Uniquely, podcasters can decide whether to enable what they're calling clips, which Facebook says will be created by listeners and last up to one minute in length. Chad, what do we think about Facebook's push into audio? What we've seen out of Facebook thus far has been... God, just shitty overall when it comes to, to, to launching things outside of their wheelhouse. Uh, will they be able to do podcasts right? I don't think so unless they put a lot of money into it. Uh, they are going to enable RSS feeds. That's easy. 
I mean, yep. that's not a big deal. Doing yep. these user generated uh, clips, that's fairly easy. That's already you know shit that's out there. They're going to put it in its own tab. Big deal. Now people have <laughs> to find it, right? Another tab on Facebook, right? Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> but if you do use their platform to publish, which we do not, if you do use their platform, they will have the ability to actually go in, chop it up and use some of your snippets for a promotion, yep. which is not a bad thing. Uh, and that's exactly what Spotify is doing with the buy of pods. So this is an article out of TechCrunch. Yep. Uh, they're amping discovery of relevant content which is driving consumption. And that's exactly what we try to do from a strategic standpoint is we have close to 700 episodes. Many of those episodes that are maybe years old are still incredibly relevant to many people. So how do you, how do you make them more discoverable? And Spotify is doing that with this, uh, this new purchase of, uh, of pods. Yeah, for those who remember downloading uh, music online before streaming became the thing, you yep. got to you got to listen to fifteen seconds of a song to find out if you wanted to download it or not, if it was a new song. And and podcasts have yet to really have something like that. And podcasts are sometimes hour plus in length, and it's hard to get a sampling of that. And Pods is trying to to figure that uh, that process out. So yeah, Spotify making another big move. Real quick on Facebook, I think. I think a lot of this, uh, particularly in Facebook, is about monetization. And I think a lot of the popular podcast is obviously driving people and companies and, and platforms thinking about how do we put this shit on our site and monetize it, whether it be through ads or subscriptions or, hey, the star thing. Maybe there's some way that you can uh, make make people uh, fans of your podcast, Patreon maybe episodes. Or yeah, yeah, Patreon kind of stuff. All by the way, uh, Apple unveiled its plan recently for podcast subscription service uh, that would allow listeners to unlock additional benefits like ad-free listening, early access to episodes, and the ability to support uh, favorite creators. So you have three really big companies trying to monetize and figure out how do we make a make a buck off of this uh, hot trend called podcasting. So as podcasters. We're obviously watching this as someone listening to the podcast. It's probably at least somewhat interesting to you. Uh, I'd have to imagine that we will be on Facebook. There's no reason to not be, but how much how much traffic and downloads and listeners we get from Facebook will be interesting to see. I'm not betting a whole bunch. This is all a consumption play in a time on site play, time on app play for Facebook, right? Yep. If you if you're listening to a podcast on Spotify, how long are you going to stay on there, and how many podcasts are you going to listen to? Especially with this new consumption kind of scheme to 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 get you to get hooked on more podcasts. So Facebook's looking for the same kind of thing. Yes, there's a monetary piece of this, no question, but mm -hmm. eyes and time in the app on the site keeps you off Google, et cetera, et cetera. So I think Spotify overall is, is leading in this category. Apple, uh, they have the line share. Spotify mm -hmm. is trying to chunk away at that. Uh, and you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see if it works. I, I don't, I don't see Facebook as a big player. How do you feel about the, the purchasing of stars and getting front row seats 
to uh, live audio events. Do you like that or no? I think it's cool, but as we start to open back up, I'm just going to go to a concert. I want to see the Foo Fighters live. <laughs> I, I don't want to see them on Facebook. I mean, it, it is kind of cool, but if I can get it for free, yeah, I'll probably watch it and I'll, I'll you know, uh, cast it to my TV or something like that, but I'm not yeah. going to pay for it. Yeah, I think it can be pretty interesting. Uh, obviously, creating ways that people can get a VIP experience I think Clubhouse is going to mirror this and they're probably already developing it and Facebook found out and, and just developed it quicker. But the ability to say like, hey, if I'm going to listen to, you know, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk or yeah. you know, someone famous, I want to purchase a ticket for a VIP where I can have a private discussion with him with 10 other people. All about the big names. After the show. or Yeah, yeah I mean, the big names uh, will be able to benefit from that. Yeah. yeah, that's to me, that's kind of interesting. I'll, I'll be interested to see how that uh, how that unfolds. I think I think because of the rapid pace of development on this side mm-hmm. of the house, Clubhouse is dead. Clubhouse needs a sugar daddy for sure. Yes, they need a they need a sugar daddy. I don't know who that is at this point, <laughs> but they need a sugar. It ain't us. But yeah, they need a they need a sugar daddy. Speaking of sugar daddies. As the best ad tool in the industry, JobAdX has been providing job board publishers, direct employers, agencies, RPOs, and staffing firms, dynamic job bidding and real-time ad delivery through our programmatic job advertising exchange. When we started, we described JobAdX as AdSense for jobs. Now, we offer much more with Switchboard and LiveAlert, completing our full suite of dynamic programmatic advertising tools with the best of consumer ad tech. Switchboard offers our dynamic technologies to all partner job board feed management, and LiveAlert eliminates latency and expired job ads via email. For more information about any of our ad solutions, please reach out to us at joinus at jobadx.com. That's joinus at jobadx.com. JobAdX, the best ad tool providing smarter programmatic for all your advertising needs. So we both play fantasy football. Love fantasy football. I have never <laughs> heard of this challenge, this Waffle House challenge in my life. Have you heard of, of this Waffle House challenge? I have not. So let me let me set the plate, if you will. Uh, <laughs> set the table. A man, uh-huh. a man who finished last in his fantasy football league had to spend 24 hours at a Waffle House restaurant. For every waffle he ate, his sentence was reduced by one hour. Uh, Lee Sanderlin, 25, Years old, spent 15 hours in a Waffle House, all streamed on Twitter for a total of, if your math is good enough, you know that that equals nine waffles that he consumed. Sanderlin tweeted things like, quote, please, somebody launch me into the sun, end quote, and quote, full of waffles, but devoid of life, end quote. It took him several hours to finish just his seventh waffle. Uh, This, quote, Waffle House challenge is apparently a big thing with fantasy football fans, although we have never heard of it. Uh, How long till Waffle House creates something more official? I guess we'll have to wait. Uh, Exiting the Mississippi White or Mississippi Waffle House at 7 a.m. Sanderlin tweeted, quote, this was horrible and I recommend no one ever do this, end quote. Better luck next season, Lee. And don't go with Carson Wentz this season. (laughs) Two things. This is marketing genius for Waffle House. NFL season's coming up. They should be pushing mm-hmm. this left and right. And number two, I would never do this because it would ruin waffles for me the rest of my life. And I love waffles. Yep. 
I'm waiting for the the Waffle House like uh, sports bar edition. And <laughs> seriously, they could have games playing and like come in at at twelve, stay till midnight, which on the West Coast would be about the end of football for that day. And you could have people just uh, eating all day at your restaurant and have Waffle House challenges. You and I need to do a Waffle a Waffle House episode where we're there like at two o'clock in the morning having eggs smattered, splattered, and whatever, right? Yeah. And you can sponsor this trip by contacting us at chadcheese.com <laughs> today. And with that, another episode in the books. Chad? We out. We out. Welcome to all things Scottish. Our slogan is, if it's no Scottish, it's crap! I'm Rory from Scotland, the country which brought you electricity. Thank you for listening to podcast with Chad and Cheese. Brilliant! They talk about recruiting, they talk about technology, but most of all they talk about nothing. Nada niente. Um, anywho, be sure to subscribe today on iTunes, Spotify, Google Player, or wherever you listen to your podcast. We out! You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.